Welcome to Telling It Like It Is. I'm your host, Matt, the Godfather Ely. Zara Vignola, co-hosting again today. And we are recording from Binghamton, New York, in the lovely On Point Studios in the heart of downtown Binghamton. And today we're doing our Father's Day edition. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, our guest joining the panel today is uh, another one of my favorite people, one of my mentors uh, along the lines. And uh, he's a, a man after my own heart in, 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 in the sense that He's another person that is an entrepreneur. Dude does everything. <laughs> he owns a studio, runs a studio, tears up the drums, owns a nightclub, runs a radio station, um, did a ton of innovative stuff for the city of Binghamton um, back before it became what it is today. And I, I think that we could, a lot of people would agree that On Point Studios being here was probably one of the first gems that changed the face of his city. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, Damian Cornwell, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, My brother from another. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Sarah. Zara, how am I doing? <laughs> yeah, we're just getting our coffee into us. Waking so, up. So bear with us, folks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in this week, let's see, what happened this week, Zara? What happened this week politically we're talking about? Or? Yeah, let's start with the politics. All right, so the last few weeks we have been getting a lot of news on uh, immigrant children that have been missing. So over, I think, about 1,500 immigrant kids that have been missing, some of which I think there is um, some some proof that they actually have been trafficked. Um, and so, so ACLU had taken up the case, actually. And uh, I think Trump, uh, just recently made some comments about it. I mean, of course, this is happening under his administration, so that's happening. Uh, Puerto Rico is still suffering. I think just recently they had reported that there were about 300 schools that shut down. So in the context of like Brown versus Board of Ed, right, and um, uh, people's rights for education, that's, you know, really tough. Uh, what else is happening this week? Uh I know Nas dropped an album this morning. I can't wait to finish <laughs> listening to it. We're going to check it out today. <laughs> I was so mad yesterday when it wasn't available because yes, the technical re it was the, the release date was supposedly yesterday. So I was looking for it, couldn't find it, I, and I was I was really upset, but I was happy mm -hmm. to get it this morning. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, Trump and met with Jim Kim Jong Un. Yes. And everybody, and and all of a sudden, all the Republicans that hated Obama when he mentioned the possibility of even possibly talking to the guy. Uh -huh. Now they're, you know, as usual, hail, hail Trump, all hail Trump. Um, but, and, and, and I think it's cool. I think no matter who's in there, we should have, we should be working towards peace. I just, once again, the irony of the hypocrisy. Um, however, of depending on who's the face, Trump made the comment that, um, how he, he was admirable of, Kim Jong-un's uh, leadership style, which he, for anybody who doesn't know is a dictator <laughs> and because when he speaks all his people have to stand at attention and listen and Trump had made the comment that he wished his people would do the same. Mm -hmm. And I think even recently, I think it was this past year, he had visited back home, my home, um, in the Philippines and he was praising the president Duterte in the Philippines who is 
clearly doing some mass killing because of what he calls his drug, you know, drug war happening and a lot of people being people being shot and Trump was like, "Yeah, I support that." Yeah, no, he said he's <laughs> onto something. It's like maybe I should be just like that president. So, so this is the second time, maybe more, but that to my recollection that Trump has publicly praised someone a dictator style even Fascist. even though duarte mm-hmm. is not technically a dictator his style is very dictator well he's still he's a fascist in a sense of his actions i mean he did during his presidency he did issue some martial law as well so the, this is what he's supporting i'm saying once again is the irony yeah. i remember all when obama was the president and all everybody's like obama's a dictator he's trying to <laughs> turn us to a terrorist state and and, and it's just like those very same people, once again, because I don't delete people or block people on Facebook because I disagree with them. I So I get to watch and call out people for their blatant hypocrisy. And once again, it makes me wonder, what was your real issue with Obama? They, you know, of course it wasn't because he was brown. It wasn't because uh-huh. he was black and they're not racist. Well, it's always the phase. My my friend at work and I would always talk about, be like, I'm going to say something, right, completely in English, but I want you to translate to other people with your face. <laughs> so I think that's where it's coming down to. It's always about, like, who's the face out there. But, yeah, that's where we're at. And I think uh, we just got to watch. Like I said, one of the things that I think we'll probably bring up in the show is talk about his presidency, like, Last weekend, we talked about he's been in office for over 500 days now. So we'll probably do another episode of, like, kind of, you know, reviewing some of the things that he's done. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so um, we're, we're doing our Father's Day edition today. And we're, you know, and the world has changed a lot, I guess, is a way to say it, over time. And... The role of fathers and just parent, parenthood in general has changed. The family dynamic has changed for many for many reasons. There's mm-hmm. a lot of factors, whether it be economic factors or just people's different uh, social perspectives or opinions and ways that people choose or whether it be religious, political, whatever um, things that they subscribe to. Um, and I feel like we're in a, a time where. It used to be that the the traditional dad, quote unquote, and the certain role and the way in a nuclear with a nuclear, a family, nuclear family, and yeah. and obviously mixed families are a common thing now. A lot a lot of times, you know, people have kids and don't even ever get married is a common thing now. Where it was it used to be taboo, mm-hmm. but people still figure out ways to to raise kids, and you know, I've said this before on other parenting specials that. I'm of the opinion that there's no black and white white to parent that as long as you don't raise assholes, you did a good job. Mm-hmm. As long as you raise good people <laughs> who are, you know, decent human beings, yeah. uh, you did a pretty good job by my standards. That, that, that's uh, my opinion. Now, Dame, you're like me. You know, you're a dad who also, like, we're, works a lot. Like, we have to put on a lot yeah. of time and then has to balance, you know, being a parent at the same time. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, I guess let's just start, just talk about a little bit about, you know, how your how parenting, how becoming a father happened for you. Boy, you're taking me way back. Just the other day, my, uh, my youngest actually, uh, graduated high school and just had her prom her senior prom. 
and I think I did a posting and I wrote on on the post, you know, I remember holding her in one hand and today she looks she looks grown up. She's on her way to college and uh she's beautiful, as is my other daughter. Um, credit to their to their mother. Clearly, I'm a mutt. Reminds <laughs> 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 you like the the Dennis Rodman thing. He had good looking kids, and he clearly wasn't that great looking a guy. <laughs> <laughs> the jeans. And I, don't, I don't even think the tattoos helped him at all. I didn't think it was, it was, it was kind of a lost cause. I remember watching that as a young man. Everybody has their taste, I guess. <laughs> Looked like a car uh-huh. crash. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, I think that. Uh, I remember when I was, at the time I was working for United Parcel Service, and I was, I think I started out as a driver, and eventually I got a, like a group, I became a supervisor. And uh, I remember coming home thinking that, Julia told me she had a surprise for me. And um, <laughs> I thought she was gonna get me a new Xbox or a new Sega <laughs> game system or something. And I'm like, really, what's the surprise? I'm all stoked, you know, I'm coming home in my browns. And I walk in the kitchen, and she's like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Not Xbox. And I swear, I'm like, there's nothing in the in the oven or nothing. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> you don't you don't got anything. I mean, no I'm like looking around, there's no Genesis. You know? <laughs> and then and then at that moment, clearly I was happy. But at that moment, you know it it hits you first. You're almost numb to it, like when you're in a fight and you get the first punch that actually lands, and it feels like feels numb. It doesn't actually hurt. Like yeah. boom, you catch one, you're like. Man, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, I just got punched in the face. <laughs> what the hell's going on in here? Right? <laughs> That's how it felt. Yeah. And then so we're hugging each other in the kitchen, and uh, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be a dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. Holy smokes. And I think that at that point in time when that happens, man, your outlook just starts changing. I think the Lord has a way of of changing where you're at and, and what you're going to be and your trajectory in life is going to change. Mm-hmm. What gets really tough and determines what kind of father you're going to be is, is the blend of what you're doing, how you think you can make the biggest impact, how you think you can raise your kids, mix them with your your faith as well as your career, all those things mixed in the pot is what determines the different paths that I think people take. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. That's a lot to even digest. But when you think about it, let's say that I was working as a guy that worked a nine to five, right? I had, mm-hmm. Let's say I sold insurance. Well, you work every day, you work eight to five, you come home, you change, you make food on the grill, mm-hmm. you know, you watch American Idol, put the kids to bed, bitch about taxes don't like the government yeah and get up and do it again the next day mm-hmm. but for entrepreneurs a lot of times um your goals and the things that are that are necessary for you to survive dictate the pace of your day mm-hmm. your initiatives dictate um each step that you'll follow each day your daily plan as it rolls into your weekly plan to your monthly plan to your yearly right. plan you know, and for guys like us, I mean, my, my heavens. I mean, I still have a 10-year plan today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today, every day. Mm-hmm. I have a plan that's this year I want to do, next year I want to do this. Right. I, I'm to the point now in life, this is crazy, where I think about 
what I intend to do if the Lord grants it the next 30 years before I go home. Mm-hmm. And if I have enough time to finish. Yeah. I mean, I think about my mortality and what do I want to get accomplished and what do we need to do in terms of, you know, life, love, happiness, our loved ones, our, you know, our kids, the folks mm-hmm. that are going to be left behind, the legacy, the, the footprint, the things that we're going to do in life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're there, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s, so I won't live for another 100 years. Right. So what are the things that we intend to do? How do we intend to do them? And what's the plan and strategy to get it done with enough time? Mm-hmm. And as my grandfather would say, my grandfather's a reverend. I remember them saying to uh, my grandfather, um, you know, Reverend Fields, you ever going to retire? And he said, he would, he would say, how could I retire from preaching the word of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you find the right career, right, and as, as that parallels your life as a father, right. how could you retire ever from being a father? And how could you ever retire from the things that you love to do, right. that you feel you were made to do? Yeah. And it's it's the blend of those two things that create create the man and create the father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes, uh, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of times, you know, there's been this saying like the way that men emulate their fathers, um, you know, the way that your dad is is the way that you are as a father, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I've kind of I think to a degree that might be true, but I also think that we all have different personality types. So, like, you brought up a good point, and I think this, you know, a lot of things that people don't understand is that, or don't put into perspective when the discussion of what being a good dad comes to is that it does, it depends on the type of person you are. Not only, you're, a lot of times, not all the time, but in cases of people that are good at what they were do, they are good at it because they were meant to be that particular thing. So, the career that dictates the type of parent father that you are is also mm-hmm. because of your personality type that prepared you right. to be that. Right, right, right. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that, you know, there's certain, definitely certain things that I see from my dad that I learned from my dad. Like my dad, in my, in my uh, relationship with my parents, my dad was the affectionate one. Mm-hmm. My dad was, even though my dad was a six, three black guy and my mom was a little five foot two Irish lady, I was way more scared of my mom yeah. <laughs> than I was of my dad of my, of my dad. Like like you know, unless my dad was unless my dad was pissed. But what I'm saying is is that if I ne- I knew that if I did something wrong, I wanted to go tell my dad first. Uh-huh. And not because he would be okay with it, but because his approach like, you know, he would be he would say, you know, I am disappointed, but let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Right. Where my mom's reaction would just be like, just whoop you. What, what are you doing? <laughs> throwing hands. Right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, so, um, but I also think that I took a little bit of a different path from my dad. And even though I don't have, I have certain characteristics from him. His style prepared me to be who I was supposed to be. How do you, how do you feel like in comparison to the role your father played in your life? fairs and the role you play in your uh your kids lives wow that's deep so there's a couple things put a lot out there so um not every great player is a great coach mm-hmm. and not every great coach was a great player get it mm-hmm. so my point is this my to me my father is an awesome father he's patient 
considerate. Shout out to Larry. Yeah, <laughs> kind. Super, super intuitive. One of the smartest guys I've ever met. Um, I'm not nearly as patient, right? I'm not nearly as calm at times, right? So in terms of fatherhood, I think I, I've aspired to do some things like my dad did. I just can't believe what a good teacher he, he had been, both my parents really. Um, and I think that 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 does shape and mold you to some extent. So when I talk about the player thing, however, the person that they made me become is not the same as them. I mean, I'm super, super aggressive in terms of uh, goals, business, initiatives, and things like that. My father was a guy that worked. You know, mm -hmm. he was a designer. He worked punch to punch and was totally satisfied mm -hmm. with it and poured all of his energy into my dumb ass, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas in my life, it seems like a lot of my energies have been poured into work and different initiatives and lifestyles and things that I that I deem important, right? Mm -hmm. Social consciousness, you know, some social justice stuff, um, things that I think all roll into one as well as how much I love my kids. I think that the best thing that my parents could have done to have uh, made me the person I am today is not so much how they acted or the personality that they have, but the things they expose me to in terms of moral fiber, right? Your faith, your religion, the basic tenets that drive you through life, mm -hmm. that rudder you, that steer you on what you think is right, what you think is wrong, what you believe, what your value mm -hmm. system is. Then when you mix that with their personality, that's when you start getting the person that you are. And then you become a different mm -hmm. player, right? Mm -hmm. So in the game of life, I think I play it pretty good. I think I'm an aggressive entrepreneur. There's no question. We're not mm -hmm. scared to pull the trigger, right? We're we're assertive, mm -hmm. ready to go. We're certainly not fearful. We'll right. take anything on, mm -hmm. right? We jump at opportunities all the time. Does that mean I can coach that? <sighs> I don't know. You know, does that mean I can? Can I coach that to to my kids? And mm -hmm. you know, if I ever have grandkids someday, can I can I explain that to them so that they become the same players? Right. I'm not sure. You know, I know that. I'm grateful to, for, to God for the parents he gave me mm -hmm. and the things they instilled in me and the fact that they put moral fiber with it so that I had the chance to find through faith, discernment, seek wisdom, you know, mm -hmm. and, and have strategies so that the things we do are not really superficial or just meistic, right? We mm -hmm. want things that are, that have a wider ranging impact that make the world a better place. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And when you put that with, with an entrepreneurial spirit, that makes sense to me. Mm. Um, so to answer your question, I think that um, my parents helped shape me uh, directly. You pick up things hanging out with them from their personalities, right? I had the same dynamic as you, Matt, where my mother was, my mother was a fanatic. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was just, she was awesome, but, man, she was fierce. Just a fierce mm. woman. Yeah. And uh, my father... It's just way, way, way more laid back. Um, but the two of them provide an arena, a set of standards and principles that they introduce you to, and then within that, square you grow. As a father, you try to do the same thing um, in your own style mm -hmm. as they did. And I think that's how you shape it. 
and uh, you, you take what you have and then pass it on. Last point I'll make about today's world is that fatherhood or parenthood today is different than when they had it. And the reason why, I think, is because of access points. Today's kids have many, many access points mm-hmm. to the outside world, outside influence, outside opinions, outside mm-hmm. uh, views, um, stuff that we should have never been in. Are they, they, they have access to it at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And they get it without restriction, right? So you could have a kid, you could have a 12-year-old kid go to, uh, you could have a 10-year-old kid surfing the internet um, and find something that's really sexually explicit on the internet, something right. with violence. So he gets this information, he sees these things, but he has no discernment that goes with it, no coaching, no counseling, and absolutely no molding to say, hey, this may not be a good thing. This may not be, you know, these these things could be bad in the wrong arena. And and it, it's it's like a drug that's just uninhibited. Boom. They just inject it into them. And then what happens, happens. And the problem is, by the time parents catch up to it, if they don't have a strong hold on their, on their household, they could be in trouble. You could have a, a child that's infected with some stuff that he really shouldn't have seen or she shouldn't have seen or shouldn't be exposed to or opinions mm-hmm. that really should be, should be explained, you know, mm-hmm. to give different views, especially hatred. Hatred's, hatred is super addicting. Yeah. Hate is awful. Yeah. You get that into a young mind and they subscribe to it, it's a wrap. Or how it's, it's packaged in front of exactly. children in general. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. awful. So that's different. You know, my mother, you want to get your ass beat? Do some shit that she told you not to do. <laughs> like, right. turn that damn TV off when I said so. Yeah. I know you weren't watching that channel. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when I hit the previous channel button, that's going to be a future slap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass. Come here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. right? That That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Right, you know, yeah. there's no question, and they knew. Yeah. See, they can just sense it. I tell this story all the time. Like I'd be in the mall. I was like 14, 15, and the payphone rung, and I thought it was her. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> don't answer that. <laughs> it's probably my mother. <laughs> <laughs> there's not even a cell phone back boy. then. Exactly. Like, <laughs> just passing a payphone. <laughs> Hello. If you don't get your ass back in this house, <laughs> you don't think I see you? I got to go, yeah. guys. Just what do you think you're doing? Yeah. What do you think you're doing? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what she would say. Yeah. Exactly what she'd say. What do you mean? What the hell do I mean? Mm-hmm. You know exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With so many access points, it's hard to uh, to control those control that arena. Yeah, yeah. and I so, think depending on sort of like the dynamic that you have in your family, the ability of a father can also play a role, right? So, like, I come from a household where my mom was actually the main breadwinner for a while, and then she's the one who left. So, I also come from a culture in the Philippines where it's common for the mother to be the one to leave, and then the dad stay. And so the kids are being raised with dad along with other family members. It becomes like that village that you have, right? Because the idea is all the influences, talk about like other, you know, um, access points, all the influence that you would have and even you as a person would not just be limited to your mom and dad as like the nuclear family, but it will be extended to everyone else around you as, you know, as 
you develop what you are going to be as an individual. Um, but I think that plays out, and, and there's no such thing, and I think uh, Matt and I were kind of discussing this in the context of like what's traditional, right? Because you'll find that you know the traditional concept is that the dads would just you know financially provide, mom does all the house stuff, whatever, but that's almost if not non-existent, maybe it does in certain households, but it's very limited in the kind of society that we live in because a lot of times we, I would say probably most of us come from a household where both parents are working. Mm. And so yeah, the access points would play a role um, and how they're being raised. But what I also found as a teacher, and I find this with some of the parents, I do have fathers who are actually raising their kids by themselves. There are single fathers, single parent fathers out there also that do exist. And I think a lot of times people kind of project more of the single moms, but there are also single fathers that also do exist out there. Um, and then you also have... Um, fathers that are limited in terms of how they influence their own children given the type of dynamic that they also do have with whoever the mother is right so are you still damien are you still with your um, partner or the, the mother of your children and how does that sort of play we're not out? Yeah. we're not together we, we have a really good friendship we're not technically divorced mm -hmm. but um we don't live together okay um but we still co-parent my my family, your experience is something that that I experienced as well. Even when I was growing up um, in my own life, my parents were together, but they had such different interests. Man, you would almost thought it was two households within one. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm mixed. My father's white, my mother's black. Mm -hmm. So I grew up, and I would go downstairs, and my father's listening to Kansas, Rush, mm -hmm. Jan Hammer, uh, Utopia, Boston, you know, lots of rock. I'm playing drums, hanging out with my father. I go upstairs and she's listening to the Pointer Sisters, you know, uh, you, you name it, Diana Ross, uh, Cameo, D-Train, yeah. stuff like that. The lifestyle was just night and day. Mm -hmm. I grew up racing motorcycles. I wrestled. I, I probably dribbled with my fist. I can't stand basketball players. I think they get all the hype. We do all the work. We used to lose all the weight, right? Yeah. What, what kind of sport in high school do you have to bring your own stuff? We have to roll the mats out. How pathetic is that? <laughs> we don't even give a janitor to come in, and we have to mop our own mats. Can you imagine if the basketball players had to mop the court? <laughs> There'd be no basketball students, players. I wish students have to do that. <laughs> These guys, maybe they Man, should do that. They should. That's ridiculous. Bring it back. <laughs> I remember uh, Chuck Woody works for the Binghamton Police. And he was in college at the same time I was on college. And I was a team captain wrestling team. Chuck Woody's a good basketball player, and I consider him a friend. But I tell you what, you know what? He makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> They're all hanging out, talking. I'm starving, walking to practice so I can roll out the mats. <laughs> and they're hanging out talking about last night's date. <laughs> I digress. Whatever. Yeah, no. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's interesting. To get back to your point, I think this. I think it's true. Uh, in my situation, uh, our relationship, it feels more like a community situation. Like my sister, my mother, Julie, all played a huge role, especially in the day-to-day -day activities and the raising of, of the girls. Mm -hmm. For sure. Are you kidding me? Uh, mm -hmm. More than myself, to be honest with you, I think. Um, it seems to me like... With the girls, uh, my girls in particular, a lot of day-to-day -day stuff, they don't necessarily hang out with me on that stuff. But mm -hmm. it seems like 
when there's something super, super important or something they want to get off their chest or when they really, really need something, without a doubt, you know, they'll come this way for sure, right? They'll reach out to me to talk. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk and hang out a little bit here and there. But I got to be honest, like, shopping trips at the mall, it's <laughs> not – and I just can't – I mean – no, I mean, there's there's a lot of men over here. You know, I don't have any hair. I'm bald, right? So yeah. I start I start sweating, kind of like a mulatto Kojak. I'm like, yo, can we, can we? I remember I took Liv one time to, to, to I thought it was the most it was horrible. I took Liv shopping, and at this point I was just listen, just take the money. I'll be over here. Just let me know. Yeah, you know? it's funny because my mom was like that. that. My mom didn't take me shopping. It was my father that I can actually remember more taking me shopping, and because I. You know, when, while I was back home in the Philippines, he was obviously involved up until I was 13, but then I left. And, you know, I remember my dad, every time I would still come back home, he would take me shopping and, you know, because he knew the areas and um, he would do that. But my mom, on the other hand, was the one who would give me the money and just say, you go, I'll meet you here. Or there's a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. You go get what you need. And I'm not going with you. And so it's a little different because, I mean, although he, she was also like the tough one, right? And then it was my dad who was also very affectionate. Taught me a lot of things in terms of, you know, my, my social justice, my activism. A lot of that comes from both my parents, I would say. But I think my dad was probably more vocal about it. Um, but what I did notice, though, as a teacher is sort of like the impact of it, the impact of father. So though some, some father would say, oh, I'm just kind of like a back parent, there is a great impact on children in general and how they respond to their fathers and how that plays. Or even though they're not going to be as proactive as a mom would be, um, how their fathers react to them or just being there plays a role in how I think a lot of my students would, you know, behave or, you know, kind of formulate who they're going to be as a young adult. You're damn right. Let me tell you something. I try not to say that much purposefully, but when I say something, I mean it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, You know, we can talk a little more when we get into college. uh, mm -hmm. We hang out every day. But right now, these years, there's a couple things that are mandates that are going to happen. Got Mm -hmm. it? Period. That's it. said so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's for I love both those girls and they're amazing. Yeah. Let me just tell you, sitting over there in that table, or lives, lives got a I think a bronze award for grades for all four years of high school. And Nat, I think Nat's in the top two or three percent of her class right now. She's going to get the gold award this year. Her overall is like a ninety six seven, which is excellent. That's unbelievable. What a great job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about those two. Um, is they're driven. Nat checks the parent portal more than I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She tells me in a text, Daddy, this has happened. I'm going to fix it. I don't even look. Mm-hmm. I hope she doesn't hear this. Because <laughs> I'm giving I'll it up. up Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I'll send her the link in Facebook. Yeah. I don't but think she's yeah. in our dynamic audience. That, that stuff target audience. makes you wicked proud. Yeah. Unbelievably yeah. proud. Yeah. I mean, that's so, so important. Nat even knows, she, she already knows what she wants to do. She wants to be an OBGYN. She wants to do a residency in New York, and she's only going to be a sophomore. Mm-hmm. But she does a lot of stuff. I mean, she's driven. I mean, she probably got that from me. I mean, she's super, yeah. super aggressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I try not to water it down. I, I'll get to be honest with you. I, I, I don't want to water it down. Mm-hmm. I love them. There's no question I love them. Stop it. Of course I do. But, you know, right now, I, I just try to do the right thing, talk, 
not miss shots, meaning be there when you need to be there for sure, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Offer advice and counsel and friendship and funny stuff when we can. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're going to hang out this week and have lunch a bunch of times and hang out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But right now, they need a dad. This is my opinion. Not a new best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And don't get it twisted. I'm your father, damn it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning of the story and the end of it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can hang out. <laughs> yeah. But as a father. Right. But but right now, I want to help you. Right. I want to see them be successful. I want to see them have a better path and an easier plight in life than me and easier than the ones before me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would do anything for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to me, that's the best way I can think to go about it. So yeah. that's how I act. Yeah. And I try not to be a hypocrite. I try. I'm not perfect. In fact, I suck sometimes. But I I still try when I can to do the right thing all the time so that, by example, you talked about hypocrisy when it comes to the, the political campaign, right? Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I want, I want them to be able to say. Yeah. Well, you know, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I don't want that. Yeah. yeah. So the things I'm preaching, the things I'm talking about, I try to live them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's undeniable. Yeah. yeah. That's it. It's my story. Yeah. Sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because for me, I'm in a I'm in a split family situation, and I have multiple kids with multiple women, and I'd say for the most part, I have good relationships with each of you know the mothers of my children, but I have different types of relationships um, with. Each one, um, you know, I was a teen parent, so my my beginning, my introduction into parenthood was unexpected and a little different from the norm. You know, I was an actual teen parent, so I was growing as a father at the same time as I was still growing as a person, which I don't think it was a bad thing. I actually think it was a good thing. Um, it, you know. Being a father was always part of who I was. And, and I actually say this, I, you know, having my son at 16 probably saved my life because some of the things that I was into and the, the path I was going down, mm-hmm. ha- having a child changed a lot of that for me to look at, to think. And, I, you know, not that I was perfect. I still made mistakes along the way. But the way I moved changed drastically because I knew that I had a son to think about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then, you know, I had my daughter at 18. So... I was, you know, I was in full fatherhood mode, you know, before the age of 20 and spent pretty much, you know, my youngest, my, my oldest is 22, my youngest is six. So I spent pretty much the first span up until my 30s being, a, you know, being a Be parent. parent. And um, it gets tough, not only with being the type of, um, you know, being the person that I am and having the career path that I have. But also when you're in a split situation, because part of the reason that some of the relationships didn't work out is because because I am who I am and they are who they are. And we just weren't going to work in a healthy relationship with me being who I am and they are who they are. So we had to figure out ways to co-parent, put our kids first Mm -hmm. and do the best job we could. And I think for the most part, there was bumps along the way, but we've done it. But it does get difficult when there's differences of opinion. Um, or style. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like my youngest son's mother, my ex-wife, me and her have 
some pretty significant difference of opinions on certain approaches. But I always feel like it's my job as dad, like my son lives with her. So mm -hmm. I only see him. So it's like, all right, even though I don't necessarily agree with this, this and this, I have to understand that you're the one with him on a daily basis. So I got to figure out how to balance trusting that the way you're doing it may be the better way or supporting it, even though I don't agree with it with, okay, no, now I need to speak up because as a dad, I do have a right to say that this particular thing, I feel strongly mm -hmm. that this is something that needs to be done differently or it's going to impact my child. And that's, you know, it's challenging, but, um, you know, it's, it's just the things you have to do. Um, so one of the things that I came across was 16personalities.com has a personality test that you can take. No oh boy. And <laughs> so I took the test, and then I had each of my kids take it. And it's amazing. I recommend it to anybody. 16, the number 16personalities.com. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's an intense personality test, and it breaks down. You, you you to do it. You have to answer the questions honestly too. Like you can't go on there and and answer, answer like them how you have think. A and lie to yourself. Like, yeah, <laughs> you got to be a person. I am a person. I always say this. I'm a very self aware person. I'm very aware of who I am, my strengths, my weaknesses, whatnot. And I've learned. And mm. actually, it incorporates into my parenting style. Something I learned from my dad. My dad. What I did learn from my dad was and it took me a little growing to embrace it was never to make excuses for mistakes to, to be able to own the fact that you know i made a mistake this was a mistake absolutely. as a result of either a a bad choice that i made absolutely 100%. or whatever but i had to learn and that's how i know that this is the right way to do it absolutely so when i took this test i was able to be very honest with questions with my even questions where i didn't like the answers but anyway it gives you an in-depth description not only of your personality how you function in workplaces how you f types of careers you might do how you function in relationships and how you function as a parent and it was pretty dead on with me and so i had each of my kids take the personality test as well well the teenage the ones old enough i didn't have uh amani didn't do it yet he's, <laughs> he's six it might be but, uh, he's still formulating that personality but um and and i found it to be a very useful tool because you can kind of understand it helps you uh, you know in in the quest to understand the different personality types and how the the dynamics work and whatnot and for me you know i went through t times of being guilty times of feeling like a failure it's really tough when you're a dad and you don't live with your children and you don't get mm -hmm. to see them every day and then like you see these father's day posts where people come out of the woodwork with the for the real dads, a real dad does this, 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 and this, and like shaming other people's right. approach to uh, being to a fatherhood. Fa to fatherhood. And the reality is this: like, granted, there are some just garbage people, and as garbage people, or they shouldn't have been a father. They're, or they're garbage, whatever. Period. But however, a lot of the stuff is just one person trying to judge another person's style as mm -hmm. if theirs is any better. And the reality is, it's different strokes for different folks. So for me, I had to learn to come to terms with the fact that my kids are at the forefront of every decision I make, including like my being aware of who I am. Like it, it, to me, if I were like, I've had a conversation with someone one time and they were like, well, didn't you think you needed to sacrifice your, your dreams or your goals to, to, for your children? And I said, I think that would be hurting my children. I think 
to me, and I'm not trying to judge anybody else, but for mm -hmm. myself, the way I looked at it, if I were to sacrifice my goals, because my dreams became goals when I grew up, and mm -hmm. you know, and if I were to sacrifice my goals and tell my what am I telling my kids? What am I teaching them? Yeah, I. You were the reason I didn't follow the path that I was supposed to be and the person that I'm going to be. And that's why I'm working this miserable job <laughs> yeah. that I don't like yeah. because I did it for you. And the reality is some people are okay in that situation and that's fine. But for someone like me, that's not who I'm supposed to be. And I would not be helping my kids by me falling into that type of role. And to me, the proof is in the pudding when you see who your children become. And I can't say, like, I always say this, like, for any, all the things I did wrong, I must have did something right because I, my kids constantly do things that just blow my mind or mm -hmm. make, I, 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 like, I feel blessed, to, to put it, uh, you know, straightforward. Um, my daughter, I'm like you in a sense where I, and I've gotten better and I'm conscious of this, so I try to be a little better, but I'm a very like straightforward like <clears throat> i believe in like no you can't do that because i said i can't do that you can't bottom line is you can't do it because i said so we could talk about and you'll you'll i'll explain later as you grow but right now the bottom line is no you can't go running into the street without my hand no you can't have that sugary thing right now no you can't do it right now we, we have to go because we have to go you have to go to school because you have to go you have you know what i mean so um my daughter, the one thing I try to do with my kids is I do push them and I do expect, but I, I don't expect them to be anything more than what I believe or know that they're capable of. Mm -hmm. So a recent situation, my youngest daughter, her grades started to slip and it was another one of those dynamics where it's challenging <laughs> because there's other family members involved <clears throat> who I value as family members, but sometimes it's like, you know, your opinion is, though your role in my child's life is valued and this particular subject matter your opinion is not is it detrimental it, it doesn't it doesn't hold weight here i know my kid <laughs> and uh i told my daughter i i want to see you make a 93 average or higher your grades drop you, you've never gotten a d before in your life you've never gotten an s before and now you're now all of a sudden you're getting them like i know you're better than this and so made it go i was like look if you guys graduate with an over 93 average we're going to fly to Florida. We're going to take a cruise this summer. <laughs> people, there's people that were like, oh, I, I, that might be a lot of, I don't know if she's going to be able to do that. Well, guess who two weeks mm. ago sent me a, <laughs> a picture of her report card and made high honor roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so but the, the point being that is like, I, I, I've learned to recognize where I do have an impact, and and I think that, that as long as I do that to the best of my ability, and as long as every father does that to the best of their ability, and really any parent, but since Father's Day we're talking about fathers, mm -hmm. that is what's important. Because your kids know as they grow that they'll recognize these things. I know I'm loved. I know my yeah. parents believe in me. I don't, My dad taught me this. But back to the point of the personality type, learning my personality type is a logician personality, and my approach to parenting period is I'm not the let me read you a bedtime story every night. Let me give you a bath at this time and nap at this time. And that's just not my approach. I don't knock people that do that and I see that there's value in it. But I, I also don't think that those things are the most important things to 
having a kid grow up healthy as to where I like to let you I will tell you things I'll tell you this I'll tell you that I'll give you twos but I like to let my kids learn on their own and also mm-hmm. make up their mind their their choices about things that are um, in the grand scheme of life and not choices in do you get to stay up and watch TV till midnight or do you get to stay home from school or do you get to you know yeah. those things are no you the non-negotiables yeah exactly yeah. but you know um so anyway and i think at the end of the day you know a lot of times we can talk we can say what we have to say and i like i said i you know i'm not a parent yet but i do i am very aware of uh children in general in the context of my field in education at the end of the day majority of the things that they learn isn't about what you're gonna say isn't about what you yelled at them about it's what they see in you and that's what you know they're gonna model some of the things or a lot of the things that they'll do based on what they've actually witnessed from you whether that be their relationship whether that be uh their own careers and at the end of the day, what you want to teach any children in general is one, you have to show them that you trust they can make decisions because they have to be confident with their own decisions. As an adult, when they become an adult, they have to be able to do that. You're not going to be with them 24-7 at the end of the day, but you have to trust that one, you raised them well enough that they can make those decisions on their own. And two, that they will be independent enough that they will survive in whatever kind of conditions and situations they're going to be in. And that's all you can do as a parent, as a father, right? Um, and model that with your children. So... Yeah, I, I agree with both those things. Um, so very quickly, for me, it's this. <clears throat> Want to make sure they have the tools to fight the fight, right? So you want to make sure they have a strong moral fiber, right? I believe in God. That's all there is to it. I think there's tenets of that that should be used and should be the guiding light, the north star of the things you're going to do in life. I'm not saying run down the street Bible thumping and doing backflips <laughs> like the Blues Brothers down the aisles. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's basic things that are right to me and basic things that are wrong, right? They need to understand that, and that's got to be laid out. Yeah. In addition to that, I think that um, they need to have uh, know that there's places they can go and understand that they clearly that they're loved and there's nowhere they can turn, and that you can that they can trust you, and that you're going to be there when when they need you. Um, and in addition to that, I think that um, you got to make sure this is so important that they understand the concept of self worth. Mm-hmm. That your daughters cannot be male defined. That God gave them everything that they needed to make it through on their own. Mm-hmm. Don't be dependent on a man, or if you're a man, don't be dependent on another woman. Right. Be dependent on the person in the mirror mm-hmm. and understand that the person that will help you get through it will be the Lord's grace and your parents. He, he gave you them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And then you have to walk. Understand? And when you fall, Dad will pick you up, and if he can't, I'll say a prayer, and then we'll pick you up. Yeah. Right? That's, that's what it's got to be uh, moving forward. On the career thing, when you made the comments about not uh, – pursuing your career and that you thought that would have been a detriment to your kids. I agree with that. I'll tell you why. Because it's the body of work. If I spent $150,000 on education to be a surgeon, wouldn't that be warranted? Mm-hmm. But I spent three times that to own a radio station, a studio, and a club and a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So was that not worth it? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful of that. People look at that. They, they mm-hmm. judge and think, well, this doesn't make sense. It makes sense to me. It's what I was given. 
I wasn't given those other abilities. I was given these abilities. So I, I use them to the best best I can so I can reach my goals, which always encompass the lives and future of my kids. And you know the other thing to add to that point that I left out is also is like, for me, my kids are the reason I keep going because I feel like it is my role to be the one to show them that no matter what, if you believe you, this is what you're supposed to be and you know in your heart, then you pursue it vigorously. And I'll always support you. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm that type of parent where I'm like, look, I will talk practicalities to you. There are certain practicalities in life and necessities to survive. But at the end of the day, nobody else can tell you how to do it. You and your heart have to follow what you believe. And as long as you dedicate and give it your all, you know, yeah. I support you and have your back. And you got to you got to stick to it regardless of what life throws at you. So I feel like that is my response another part of my responsibility as their dad to, to, to never give up on the things that I'm pursuing and to do it because they're watching me. Correct. You know? Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, look, there's a, you know, Oh, you know what else we didn't talk about really quickly? That a point you raised is that, you know, being a, a father to daughters and versus sons and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. And even though, you know, you know, we live in a time where there is different gender identities, but generally speaking, um, you know, I, I, I did notice there is a different approach. Mm. It is hard with, with, you know, there is certain things, challenges faced when you're a dad raising daughters versus to when you're a dad raising sons. Mm -hmm. And um, I always try to make with my daughters. And, um, you know, my daughters are old enough now that is obvious that they are heterosexual women. So they are going to marry men someday or have partners that are men someday. So I feel like I just want to instill in them that you always feel love. Love yourself first, but also make sure that whoever you share your life with is somebody who values you. Demand it. Believe in you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just always try to show them remind them you're beautiful you're great you're i believe in you you can do this you can do that you can do anything you put your mind to and and hope that that sets the bar for their expectations hope my ass <laughs> they better demand it and if they don't you need to show up and yeah they'll learn today well they do got yeah. three brothers so i'm just trying to tell you <laughs> and matt's a big boy that's that's a given got it, it? fails yeah no, they can handle their own. Yeah. My daughter's got something. They're, yeah. they're amazing. Maddie, Amanda. Maddie actually yeah. does our our social media for this. She's the one that handles our social media Excellent. for this. She, and she's, so, I, you know, all my kids are amazing. But this girl, I can't tell you, the young woman that she's become and how the amazing things that she does and who she's become are so rewarding to me. So rewarding me. And she, you know, she lived the most of her life in Texas. I had to travel back and forth to visit her. So that was difficult. But. Such an amazing young woman, uh, my Maddie has become. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, we're gonna come to an end here. Um, I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm grateful to be on it. Thank uh, you very much for the opportunity. Hope to have you on again. Um, sure, sure. So tell us a little bit. What, what do you got going on tonight? Um, after the Juneteenth celebration at Columbus Park, there's going to be um, a party at Spotlight at 73 Court Street, and the proceeds from that party will go to benefit the In the Paint Basketball Tournament, which is a six-week basketball mm -hmm. tournament that Riz, our dear Riz, is putting on. It's free. Kids get T-shirts. 
you know, the supplies. And, of course, she's, she needs to raise the money for security and insurance, which can be costly. Um, six weeks, that's a big deal. Mm. And um, Riz organizes that entire thing. Next week is a black restaurant uh, week, I believe, and we're part of that. Ooh. And um, Spotlight and Muffer's Kitchen will be a part of that. Go have some of those chicken wings. <laughs> yep. As well as a lot of other great Meyer New York owned businesses. I, I'm assuming that, pardon me, um, Jay Ramas will, will be part of it. Probably Coops. Shout um, out to Jay. Yeah. Uh, the, the folks, the Caribbean restaurant on Lake mm. Street. Um, God forgive me, forgive oh, me man, for you're other guys. Me hungry right now. I'm about to <laughs> go do the tour. I mean, there's some there's some great <laughs> restaurants in our community, not, not just ours. I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous. We should be working to get as many people to the, all of those restaurants as possible. Mm-hmm. As a group, if we garner a wider range of the market share that's better for everyone it makes more opportunity i clearly believe that especially from a radio perspective Mm -hmm. there's no question that's the answer absolutely so i think that's a good thing we'll push that um and then we're just going to go forward we're we're looking forward to uh this year we're trying to put the planet together to get the cameo built um hopefully the next year or so we're trying very very hard to get that build out covered and and just do it you know just keep working Mm-hmm. Liv will be going to school this year. It's her first year um, in college, and uh, I'm excited about that. You know, I can't wait to, to, to till that's do- till that's done, and hopefully she goes on to law school. I think she's going to be an attorney. I'm not sure yet, though. And then in three short years, Nat will be on her way and trying to become a doctor. You know, go to pre med and the whole nine yards. Beautiful. So if the Lord grants it, I'll see all those things. We got lots of work to do. Um, eventually, we may down the road start trying to do some some property initiatives. I have a couple initiatives that we've always talked about for the last decade, Matt, where we want to fight the effects of recidivism and turn back the effects of gentrification. I think those are things that we can do. Um, in the next couple of years, we may start rolling out those plans, Wonderful. which are some wide-ranging plans that will probably take me out the next 20 years of my life. Beautiful. Where can people find you social media? Where, where should they follow? Plug, get some plugs for your... Uh... Well, you can go to... WJOB has a Facebook page and a website. Spotlight has a Facebook page and a website. I would just go to Spotlight. Uh, so I think it's Spotlight Bang um, is the Facebook page. Isn't that awful? I, I, I'm not that great on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I got guys bad. to do it. You, you know, I don't... You know, get one of the kids. I'm okay <laughs> on social media. I'm okay on social media, but I'm nowhere near where it, the level that I should be considering what I do for They can go to any of them. Muffers, uh, WJOB, Spotlight, On Point. Any of those ones will, will, will find its way to my phone. One of the biggest misnomers is I seem like this big social guy, but I'm really not. I'm really kind of private in my, my, my personal life. Yeah. So I'm not, not a fan of it that much. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So on that note, uh, we are ending the show. So if you have feedback for us, suggestions for future shows, please email us at tillytruthradio at gmail.com. That's T-I-L-I-T-R-U-T-H, radio at gmail.com. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and please make sure you visit our Facebook page as well. Uh, We will be on on Sunday night, 9 p.m., and we will also be on, I think, 8 and noontime. Mondays and Wednesdays and Firing Squad Network and you can listen to us on your own time SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts yes and you can follow me at Matt on Instagram and Twitter at M-A-T-D-A 
G-O-D-F-A-T-H-A. That's Matt the Godfather. Go like uh, MDG Goddaddy Beats on Facebook. And um, give us some feedback. Once again, happy Father's Day to everybody. Um, Telling It Like It Is is produced by Matt Ely, Veronica Ely, Zara Vignola. Special thanks to Maddie Ely for our social media. And we are not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We're not conservatives. We're not liberals. We are realists and we're always telling it like it is.